Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today in our new time slot for the new year. Yes, I've moved up from 1 p.m. to 12 p.m. I know some people tuning in may be uh, looking for Montgomery Taylor. Um, He's on hiatus at the moment, Um, but uh, I've taken over his slot, and I hope you will enjoy the show. We have a wonderful guest. I'm actually very excited about the my guest today. Of course, we first have our quotes for the day. I know you've been anxiously awaiting them all week long. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Did you know that if you can see a cloud, it can see you? Same for trees and beauty. Tally-ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Being a little playful, I think, with us this Monday morning. Yes, if you can see clouds, trees, if you can see beauty in anything in life, it also sees you. I think he's trying to, the universe is trying to remind us of the reflective nature of the universe and that what we see in everything around us is what everything around us sees in us. And from Abraham, if a worry about a lack of education comes up, talk it down. Acknowledge that some of the greatest contributing geniuses in your technology age did not have college degrees. They were self-taught. They had an idea and they gathered to them people who could contribute to that. Abraham. Wow, very different quote, different kind of quote for Abraham. Um, You know, usually we talk about other things, but I kind of get it. Uh, Abraham is really, um, as, as you, my loyal listeners know, Abraham talks a lot about being in alignment, about, uh, you know, focusing on what you have, not what you don't have. And I think this is one of those quotes where Abraham is saying, look, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have enough education. I don't have enough letters after my name. So I, I can't do this or I can't do that. And what Abraham is saying is you don't need those letters after your name. 
look, I'm not saying that that wouldn't necessarily make certain endeavors easier, that it wouldn't make getting into someplace easier. Yes, in this society, a lot of people look at credentials. A lot of people look at, you know, what what your educational background was, especially when you're first getting out of school. I mean, after you've had 10, 20 years experience, who the hell cares? But in the beginning, they do look at that. And so, but what he's saying is that you know, and really, if you look around at like, not just now, but but over the last couple of centuries, the people who've been the real movers and shakers, the people who've shook things up, who who saw things differently, did not have, you know, tremendous degrees, right? I mean, Steve Jobs is known as one of the great you know, innovators in a way in technology because he brought such a different sense to technology compared to other people, other technology company CEOs. He never finished college, right? Bill Gates was a Harvard dropout. A lot of these people that actually the lack of education served them instead of did not serve them. Sometimes when you're too educated in a field and you're too stuck in a field, you're not open to different ways of seeing things. And actually, I remember, I wish I could remember the article, but someone once pointed out an article to me in one of these um, science journals where um, it kind of showed how most of the breakthroughs in a given field actually came from people who are experts in different fields. Like a breakthrough in chemistry came through uh, people who were experts in physics. And breakthroughs in biology came through people who are experts in technology. That sometimes being an expert in one field, when you look at another field of endeavor, when you look at something else, it allows you to see things more creatively, allows you to see things differently that the quote-unquote experts in that field don't see because they're so steeped in the way things have always been done. So really what Abraham is saying in this quote is that a lack of anything, and it doesn't matter whether it's education, money, resources, maybe you don't know enough people, none of it really can stop you from bringing your genius to bear in any endeavor that you have. Indeed, some of the most successful, wealthiest people in this country had nothing when they started off. But it's when you can bring your creative genius, when you can bring a different way of looking at things to whatever you're working on, nah, now that's something that's powerful and when nobody can, can really stop you. So two interesting quotes of the day, right? What we see around us is what sees us and uh, a lack of anything really cannot stop you from going anywhere. May, you may have to be extra creative when you don't have certain things, but it doesn't need to stop you. So two wonderful quotes of the day. I hope you enjoyed them. Of course, next week we'll have more quotes of the day for you. And now it is ex- my extreme pleasure to welcome Dana Micucci. Dana has enjoyed a decades-long career as a widely published journalist, author, writing about culture, travel, and spirituality. Her newest novel, The Third Muse, is a metaphysical international art world mystery Ooh, inspired by Renaissance ideals and the divine feminine teachings of the Magdalene Order, as well as the healing power of love. 
Uh, one of her former novels, which was a spiritual travel memoir, Sojourns of the Soul, One Woman's Journey Around the World and Into Her Truth, was a gold winner in the 2013 Nautilus Book Awards. She's based in Taos, New Mexico, which is a fascinating place if you've never been there, after having been in many, many years in my hometown, New York City where she has a private healing practice and conducts transformational events worldwide. And Dana, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm actually really excited because you, I mean, you have really a way of combined sort of two very different things. I mean, that of being a writer and author, which you've been for many, many years, um, and really showing people how you can infuse spirituality into that as well. Yes, Sam, that's that's true. And um, I've been very fortunate, as you mentioned, I was a journalist for many years, and um, I would travel around the world, um, often choosing far-flung exotic places. <laughs> mm. And uh, it was, you know, quite a feat to convince my editors, for example, that I had to go to Bali and write about the art scene there. Uh. And yet, I knew, Sam, that these journeys were much more than writing about culture and travel and art, which I was writing about, which I loved. They were really about my own ongoing inner expansion and ah, illumination. I see. And it was almost as if my very soul depended upon uh, venturing outward so that I could um, grow more deeply and fully inward. And so my travels around the world, often to sacred sites, really um, have informed my current work. And as you say, yes, I, I have been, I've written books as well, and uh, my memoir, Sojourns of the Soul, chronicled uh, a number of those journeys that were very transformative, mm. where I found myself um, in various sacred sites, uh, receiving a lot of mystical information and revelations, and really bringing myself to the edge of who I knew myself to be. I see. And um, then as time went on, and with my books, and I continue to write books, I do less articles now. Uh, I really felt guided to help people in a more personal way. So and the, go ahead, Dana, let me ask you a question then. So it sounds like, um, you know, as a journalist, you already were, were fairly spiritual. Um, has spirituality, like, been a huge part of your life since you were, you know, a little girl? Or was this something that kind of developed sort of later on and then you started gearing yourself in that direction? That's a great question, Sam. I, I would say that I really stepped on to my spiritual path with great focus and intensity in my late 20s. So uh, for most okay. of my adult life, yes, I have been on this path of self-growth and seeking and um, exploring many different wisdom traditions from around the world. And uh, it has always been my major driving force um, in my adult life. 
Wow. And, and so when you, I mean, it sounds like you made a real conscious effort, though, like as a journalist, to, to not sort of keep things so separate, but to really try and integrate that into your work. Was it difficult in the beginning, you know, to, to as you said before, like convince your editors that you need to go to Bali or other sacred sites? Was, mm-hmm. was it difficult in the beginning for you to just kind of put this forward? Or were you just sort of so determined that... Um, you know, you weren't going to let anything stop you? Um, both. <laughs> mm, okay. uh, you know, of course, I was writing for many mainstream publications for, for by 22 to 25 years. And okay. the New York Times and Town and Country, Architectural Digest, the Chicago Tribune, you know, all, all of the well-known publications. And when right. I, Art and Antiques Magazine as well. And when I could, Sam, I would weave in themes of, unity consciousness. Now, I couldn't say that directly in these okay. mainstream articles, but, you know, art is a door to spirit. All Various mm. types of artistic expression, right. including um, writing and dance and painting, and, you know, we know what they are. And so right. that was a way for me to imbue my articles with the spiritual dimension, but I couldn't do so as directly as I would have liked. So that was the challenge. And yet at the same time, as you say, I was still so determined um, to bring this inspiration, I guess one would call it inspiration, and um, an effort to not only inform, but to enlighten and transform through my words. Uh, and we all have our own gifts, as we know, and, uh, you know, one of my gifts, my greatest gifts, is as mm-hmm. a communicator. Mm-hmm. Words. And now I've been guided to um, go out and speak and do a lot of public speaking engagements and workshops. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. First, I just have one really quick, quick question for you before we go to break. Um, did you ever have an editor, after you wrote one of these articles, like come back to you and go, Dana, what is this? What are you talking about? We can't publish this. Uh, <laughs> um, not necessarily. They uh, may have okay. edited. I, I think what was more common is they may have edited certain things out of the article. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Um, but, you know, you, I, after a while, you build up a good relationship with editors, and you know what they want. So I, yeah. I could only go. I knew I could only go so far, and that gotcha. is why I felt um, after a number of these journeys and writing so many articles, I thought, you know, the articles did not ju- do this justice. My, uh, this my inner growth curve, um, right. which just continued to explode and expand, and I, I really wanted to share that with people mm. to inspire them. So that's why I wrote Sojourns of the Soul, and then that it just really took off from there, Sam, including with my my latest uh, book, which is a novel Wonderful. that um, is imbued with metaphysical truths. Wonderful, wonderful, great. So, perfect segue. We'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the third muse. Um, so, uh, everyone, you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Dana Micucci, author of The Third Muse. And of course, if anyone would like to call in and ask your own questions of Dana, our call in number is 877 480 4120. We'll be right back after these messages.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Dana Micucci, the author of The Third Muse. So, Dana, you're, well, not your first book. Actually, what was the first book that you wrote? Well, um, Sam, the first book grew out of my experience as an art journalist in New York City. And that, uh. I'm so very proud of that book. It's called Artists in Residence. A guide to artists' home, nineteenth-century artists' homes and studios in and around Paris, and I had lived uh, in Paris twice as a young writer, and so really um, that was so near and dear to my heart to mm. be able to write about a French topic and, and the artist's work that I loved, and you know, including Delacroix and Monet and Gustave Moreau uh, and a lot of those famous people. I so it. I really took people into um, their homes and studios and recreated their lives there. But, but by the way, Dana, just to let you know, my, my f- although it changed, my first major in college was fine art, and I was actually uh, was taking painting and drawing classes like crazy, and I had this wonderful teacher um, who had studied under Matisse, and mm. I just, uh, 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 when I was in college, I learned, I really loved the French Impressionists. They were just awesome. Oh, wow. <sighs> So we have a little bit, a little bit in common with the art stuff. So you really yes. have been been amused, uh, immersed in the art world uh, most of your life, um, yes. uh, and and then as you, as you said in the last segment, like after traveling to all these places and and really I, I guess wanting to to have a more more spiritual message, you, you started um, first with the travel memoir, Sojourns of the Soul. And and after that, I understand that they, that's kind of, I guess, what led you to write The Third Muse. But The Third Muse is, is, is a novel. Um, what made you decide to say, like, I really want to write a novel where I can infuse it with spirituality? Great question, Sam. You know, The Third Muse was such a long labor of love. In fact, ah. I started writing The Third Muse a long time ago in my 20s as a young writer in a garret in Paris. Oh. <laughs> I know that sounds like a cliche. But <laughs> 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 and, what better and, place What better place to start <laughs> writing a novel? <laughs> right. So that was in my life much longer than Sojourns, and I kept, uh. you know, revising it and putting it away and revising it. It really started out as a, um, a scandal in the art world based on a, a stolen painting, which is 
still in the book, The Portrait uh, of Giovanna Turnabani, which is a painting um, from 1488 by the Renaissance master Domenico Ghirlandaio. And it, uh, it ha- still hangs in, um, in Madrid, in a museum in Madrid. Oh, so, okay. Um, that was the foundation of the story. However, interestingly, as I continued to delve much more deeply into spirituality and to expand my my spiritual exploration and practice, that began to take over, as I mentioned, and it really is my impetus for everything I do now. And so... Um, after Sojourns of the Soul came out, and then I continued to, you know, uh, continued with my spiritual practice and delving deeply into the world's wisdom traditions and traveling to sacred science well, I was guided to revise, literally rewrite mm. the entire novel. Of course, that was a long time ago when I started. So in 2012, I sat down and just rewrote it and to include... Uh, the Divine Feminine Teachings of Mary Magdalene. And I will tell mm. you what inspired that, is that I had... That was my next question, a, a your mind reader, too. transformational experience when I traveled to the south of France, uh-huh. 11, mm-hmm. to visit some of the sites associated with Mary Magdalene, according uh-huh. to the alternative history and theories, when she left the Holy Land after right. the Christ drama there. Right, right, with Joseph so, of Arimathea, right? He was, she supposedly left with Joseph of Arimathea and fled to southern France? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so there are some very powerful sites, and I, was, I will share with your listeners so they understand how I was so changed and what inspired the Third Muse and its present incarnation, and that is I went into the Basilica in Mm -hmm. a town called St. Maximum where her sarcophagus is, and I somehow, the energy was so intense that I fell to my knees, Sam, and I began Uh. weeping, and you know, that's certainly not something I would normally do. I'm a very private person, it's just, I was overcome. Wait, 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 back up one second. You said her sarcophagus is in this... Her sarcophagus, which supposedly contains some of her relics. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. We don't know how, you know, can that be proven? All I can say is that the energy in that basilica, in this area, devoted to her. Right. Uh, Very powerful. And I remember... Just as I said, being overcome with emotion, and um, a woman in our small group of pilgrims uh-huh. um, helped me to my feet. And uh-huh. um, I, I remember saying to her, I didn't know this kind of love was possible. Uh-huh. So all I can say, and we've all had mystical experiences, and mm-hmm. as we know, um, to put words to the ineffable is, you know, is almost impossible. Right. Yet, what I felt happened there is that somehow I tapped into some universal circuit of divine mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. that just um, completely overtook me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even let's say just the archetype of Mary Magdalene. You know, people tend to sometimes poo-poo this idea of like, well, you don't even know if she was a real person. Was she really like that? Da da da. But over the centuries, because in our collective consciousness, right, this this ideal of 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 mary became so strong that even just this unconscious 
archetype of her, regardless of, of whether the stories are true or not, just because so many millions and millions and millions of people over the centuries really believe in it and give sort of energy to this belief, even just that alone, and, and, I'm, and believe me, I'm not saying that she wasn't a real person, but I'm just saying even the, that collective sort of energetic input itself is going to create some kind of energetic field that people coming afterwards can tap into. Absolutely, Sam. That is so well said. I, I really believe that. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult, I, I feel, to personify these beings, like you say, mm-hmm. whether they did live or not. I, I happen to believe that she, she did walk the mm-hmm. earth with, with Yeshua or Jesus. Yes. And um, <clears throat> however, that, what you just said is so true. And so many people are tapping in to this archetypal it's almost the energy of an oversoul mm. of what a particular being represents. Right. And she, for me, represents um, the divine feminine consciousness, really. Mm. The whole and total woman, mm. a self-actualized woman, who I believe was at that time and still is, um, the divine feminine counterpart and mystical equal of Jesus. And I, I, whatever I say here, Sam, I just want to paraphrase. This is outside the confines of organized religion. It has to do with my own spiritual path and um, right. regarding these beings as great mystics and teachers. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I'm a, I, I consider myself coming from the Ascended Master Order, and, you know, and yeah. Mary Magdalene is up there along with all the St. <laughs> Germain and all the others. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so this experience really affected you very, very deeply and caused you to sort of take what was originally sort of like a, an art mystery novel and now really infuse it with sort of the spiritual component to it. What do you hope when someone picks up this book and read it, reads it, what do you hope that they'll really like get out of it? Or, or like, what would your intention be for, for someone who picks up this book and, and reads through it? You know, what would you like, how would you like to see them sort of affected by your words? Yes, Sam, that's very important to me. And, you know, I guess <clears throat> at the foundation, I wrote this book to empower women. However, it really, my greatest hope is that, and a lot of men have read it and loved it and told me so, to empower all beings to know that they are truly divine, to give them the inspiration and courage to more fully step in to their own divine truth, divine power, divine wisdom, hmm. and their, their true essence. And to know, as you talked about earlier, to not um, allow anything to hold you back. Mm. And to know that anything is possible when um, you are fully embodying your divine essence. Mm. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, I'm a big believer in like we need more people who are awake, aware, and 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 self empowered. Um, not not more people to just kind of follow whatever is going on at the moment. Um, so when you rewrote the third muse and 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 you changed it around once you let's say finished it and and reflected back on it did did anything in particular sort of surprise you of of how it changed of of you know how you sort of reconfigured the story 
Yes, it, it was a very magical journey, I have to say, Sam. There were so many synchronicities and mm. a seemingly miraculous happenings around the writing of this book. And at oh, one, really? as, as many writers will say in the creative process, right. or artists, um, that something else takes over. When, when you allow yourself to step aside, your small right. self, the per- personality, and become a vessel for higher wisdom or for a higher guiding force to work through you. And I felt mm. that that is somehow I was asked or I volunteered, my soul volunteered <laughs> to do this. And, yeah. um, for example, I would walk into my office in the morning and smell roses, which um, uh. would blow me away. I didn't have roses in my home at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they are associated with the Divine Feminine and the Magdalene and Divine Mother. And then I would... Um, I remember after writing certain passages, I would start to receive strangely anonymous emails and phone calls from people who had the names of my characters. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yes. You know, I mean, not constantly. Right. But but every so often. Once in a while. I would hear, hear, well, let's say it was a merchant at, um, I don't know, the Visa card. Oh, this is Lena calling to ask... And that's my heroine's name, <laughs> Lena, the young journalist. Or I would get an email from Giovanna, and I'd say, whoa, and Giovanna is the woman in the painting. So these mm. women, um, throughout the book, I explore the soul connection between mm. these two women who, are, who have lived six centuries apart. And Lena's a contemporary New York journalist in her late 20s, you know, to, on the path of success and trying to make a name for herself as, you know, when, when we're young and starry-eyed and... Um, you know, and that's not to say we're not ambitious when we're older, but we're mm. often more preoccupied with worldly right. achievements. Right. And um, Giovanna comes to her, actually reaches out to her through time as Lena is investigating the stolen portrait of Giovanna Turnabani. Mm. Let me add that this is all fictitious. It's my own story. The painting was never right. stolen in right. real life. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> there becomes... Um, she begins to experience in what I call an interdimensional bleed-through. Mm. And, and I myself experienced this, where I would be writing scenes about Giovanna's life in the Renaissance as if I had been there. I did very little research for the book, although there are um, obviously some, some factual information upon which the story is based, uh, mm. because she was a great friend of Leonor, um, of uh, de' Medici at mm-hmm. the time. Oh. And... Um, her husband in the Turnabani and the Degli Albizzi families were noble Florentine families. There were a lot of historic details, but I did very little research, and most of the information and the story in the book was really, I would just say, somehow transmitted through me. Mm, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, um, it's time for us to take another quick commercial break. Um, when we come back, I actually would like to start talking about um, your 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 work as a teacher because you you've mm-hmm. begun to really share your experiences and, and share your knowledge with other people and have created something called Awaken the Mystic Within. So I'd love to talk about that when we come back. Okay. Okay, Sam. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dana. Mm-hmm. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back.
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Dana. I, I'm I'm really so enthralled. Just actually, I mean, I, the book is a wonderful book, but but the story around the book is is also so fascinating. So the third right. view sounds it it really sounds special. Um, I, I'm curious because you you worked on this book for a long time. Mm-hmm. At what point in your career in your life did you decide? to actually kind of be a teacher. I mean, you've actually been obviously been learning things for many, many years. At what point did you feel called to say like, you know what, I want to help others. I want to take this information I've gotten and, and, and transmit it to other people as well. You know, I think that really happened with Sojourns of the Soul, Sam, Uh, in in a way, a writer is a teacher. Because I would always, even as a young writer in New York City, as I said, I would always choose stories that I felt would enlighten and uplift and and Mm. inspire people. And in doing so, I I saw myself as a teacher, but more on the sidelines in that way. So, yes, I have grown um, more fully and directly into that role, and I think it it really just... um, catapulted with um, the publication of Sojourns of the Soul. And then even writing a novel, it was always my lifetime ambition to write a novel. You know, as an English major, I have a master's in English. And so this is, having published The Third Muse finally after all those years is, has brought me such great fulfillment. And that book is also instructive. Even though it's a novel, it's a hybrid form of fiction. It's very unusual because it has so many layers which involves transmitting spiritual teachings because um, Giovanna is so closely allied with Mary Magdalene and she becomes Lena's spiritual guide through time and Mm. takes her through seven life-altering initiations, one of the surprising Uh. things that turned up when I rewrote the book, that lead Lena to open her heart to a more expansive love. Uh, That is her transformation. And these seven life-altering initiations are you based on the universal wisdom of the ages and i believe mm. stages that we all move through mm-hmm. journey mm, 
I see. And and um, I'm I'm curious, uh, what kinds of uh, uh, I mean, you obviously write, and and you you've had so many personal experiences yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any kind of studying that you did, or is really like all that you've learned or that's come to you has just been through your own experience? Yes, it really has been, Sam. It's been an organic growth curve, I would say, and through my experience and, and my embodied felt um, wisdom gained through that experience. Mm. And also, yes, I have always been a student of metaphysics and uh, for so many years would, would just, you know, go to retreats and workshops yeah. and to go to hear um, talks by spiritual teachers and delved deeply into so many of the world's sacred texts, um, yeah. the Bhagavad Gita being one of my favorites, yes. the, the Tao Te Ching, A Course in Miracles. I've been a longtime student of A Course in Miracles. Ah. I was very, and still am, very much immersed in the Buddhist teachings, and mm. um, I have meditation practices that I do, so it's ongoing, and it has become more completely interwoven with my work. Gotcha, gotcha. And and so, was there a particular catalyst or light bulb that's that that said, you know what, I want to I want to awaken the mystic within people. You, you know, uh, what got you to kind of create that course? That that is a beautiful question. Yes, I really felt that I because of my focused intent all these many years, as I said, since my late twenties on mm-hmm. this long time path. I'm now going to be 55, which I can't believe, in uh, uh, several weeks. 55 so, years young. You're a very young 55, <laughs> right. I know. And I thought, how else, how else can I assist people on their own path of inner transformation hmm. and um, self and soul expansion? And so it, it, it isn't, the awakening the mystic within is an outgrowth of my lifetime, probably multi-lifetimes, uh, Sam, mm. and I'm sure your listeners <laughs> can understand that, yes. of spiritual exploration practice and the seeking of wisdom, mm. and also my travels, as I mentioned earlier, to many of the world's sacred sites, beyond those that I chronicled in Sojourns of the Soul, be, beyond what I did as a journalist, I continue to do that. So as we know, we're all on a journey of infinite expansion. And um, like Gertrude Stein, the famous <laughs> American writer who lived in Paris in the 20s, yes. said there's no there there. Yeah. You know, we're, <laughs> we're continually arriving <clears throat> right. and then crossing a new threshold of growth. And so <clears throat> awakening the mystic within was a way for me, I felt, to reach even more people because uh-huh. it is an online audio course, and it's self-study. Uh, okay. So I call it an initiation into the secret teachings of the ages. And the subtitle for the course, Awakening the Mystic Within, is A Course in Self-Mastery for Higher mm. Living. Mm. Because, it, you know, self-mastery, the, um, uh, how should we say, the commitment and devotion to pursue the path of self-mastery is a choice. Mm. It's available to all of us. Yes. And for those who are interested in continuing their spiritual growth, I wanted to put the, wisdom, the perennial wisdom, it's called, mm-hmm. my own felt experience mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> of many years, into one place. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I go into so many of, of the world's wisdom traditions. I quote many, many different texts. I have reading lists. This is all based 
This is not me talking about uh, when I went to Egypt, I did this. Not at all. It is a a very um, deep course of study Mm -hmm. that involves a lot of in-depth esoteric content. Mm -hmm. It comes directly from the mystics of Mm -hmm. the ages, Mm -hmm. as well as experiential practices coming from these, uh, you know, very ancient traditions, um, and and particularly those that have helped me along the way, and energy transmissions. You know, um, one woman who took the course, she bought the course and studied it on her own, and said, you know, I spoke to her recently after about a year, and Mm -hmm. uh, she said, you know, Dana, it wasn't even so much the words, even though there's so much in-depth metaphysical content she said i really felt that it was the energy behind your words that affected me on a deep level and took me into another dimension wow for so, her was life-changing wow so I, again sam like i do in my writing I, i'm allowing myself to be an open vessel right. um to receive and then transmit right <laughs> wonderful wonderful so, so would you say like the course is for somebody who's already been on a spiritual path for a while and really wants to sort of strengthen their their connection and their knowledge? Or is it more for like somebody who's, let's say, brand new and doesn't know anything and just wants to kind of, you know, learn everything they can learn? You know, Sam, I designed it for both. Oh, I have okay. people, um, a lot of people, yes, who have taken this course or have already been on their spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And um, then there have been people who have, you know, maybe just touched their toe into the spiritual waters but had not mm-hmm. um, really fully focused on it. And they, too, mm-hmm. have taken the course. So um, it, it really is, if you're called to it, it is mm-hmm. a deep immersion. Mm-hmm into the mystical wisdom of the ages. And it is designed to expand your spiritual practice, but that does not leave out people who all of a sudden are saying, wait, you know, is this all there is? There must be something Mm. more. Remember the old Peggy Lee song? Yeah. Must be something more. And what makes this course unique, Sam, as I mentioned, is I I have put all of this into one place. Yeah. So yeah. to save people thousands and thousands of dollars and so much time, which um, that was my path over the right. years, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, not to say that I wouldn't have done that, but it would have been a great, um, a, a, a really great catalyst to have had this course. So, for example, mm. it has um, 12 different modules. They're about 80 to 120 minutes each, uh, uh, delivered in MP3 mm. audio recordings. And there are also reading lists, as I mentioned, for each module. And I go all the way back to the ancient civilizations of Atlanta, Atlantis and Lemuria. Lemuria. Oh, and wow. assisting people in healing soul trauma from that, reclaiming their ancient gifts and talents. So I'm, I'm curious if maybe you can give us sort of an anonymously maybe... Um, some some transformation that you've seen from maybe one student who's like gone through it and like you know what they were dealing with in the beginning and then sort of how what the transformation looked like for them as they went through the course yes yes i will share with you that um you know this course also happened in a very magical way uh it really was inspired by one of my healing clients because Ah. i also have a private healing Mm -hmm. practice Mm-hmm. The clients um, here in, in my sanctuary in Taos, New Mexico, and I also do uh, work with a lot of clients at a distance mm-hmm. in, in the quantum field. And 
So we can talk about that, you know, later if you like. Yeah. Um, but one of my healing clients <clears throat> came to me, and uh, a few days beforehand, I had just got had this intuition that I needed to design a course, and I wrote on my notebook, "Design a course." Mm. And then uh, VJ came and. Um, I hadn't seen her in about a year and a half or so. Right. And on her way out the door, she turned to me and said, by the way, I want you to design a course for me. So mm. this course was not only was specifically uh, ignited by VJ's desire, and she was uh, my first student. Uh-huh. And for her, so I will use, so for this is a woman in her 70s who has b- had been on her spiritual path for many years. And right. my response to her is, VJ, what can I possibly teach you? <laughs> and <laughs> she said, I, she said, a lot. I want to know what you know, that what you've learned through your own experience, and I want it all in one place, and I want it to take me to the next level, because I feel like I'm running out of time. Ooh. That I feel like I need to get it right. And again, she was, you know, in her mid-70s, and that, that's VJ's, you know, where she was and her perception. I said, okay, and this course grew out of that. And she did say Wonderful. that the teachings and tools that she learned through this course took her to a new level, in her words, of spiritual embodiment, mm. pulled her to live more deeply and fully. I rem- she said that she now has a more powerful vision of who she is and what she can become, and has told me that this course is perfect for the modern mystic. Ah, wonderful. So whether you're, you're seven years old or 70 years old, you can get something out of this. <laughs> Probably, although the, the, the seven would be a little seven-year-olds would be a little too advanced. Okay, we'll but say 17. 17. Okay, Perfect. from 17 to 70. Wonderful. Perfect. Okay, Dana, it's time, believe it or not, to take our last commercial break okay. of the hour. You know, the time flies so quickly when I have such interesting guests. Um, so when we come back, let's kind of wrap it up. I'd like to get your perspective on maybe just kind of changes and things that's happened. And, and then uh, we'll tell everyone how to get in touch with you, okay? Great, Sam. Thank you. Okay, wonderful. We'll th- <laughs> so everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio. 
24 hours a day. And welcome back. Um, we've been speaking this hour with uh, author, journalist, and mystic Dana Micucci. Um, Dana, so you've been involved with this stuff for a long, long time. I mean, you've been studying. You've you've, you've been sort of very spiritual through most of your life. How have you seen things sort of change in this world over the last, you know, 30 years? Because things are a lot different than they were when when you and I both kind of started on our path, aren't they? Yes, Sam. <clears throat> a lot different. I, uh, I, you know, I have to say, ultimately, I'm encouraged by... Um, the light expanding as I've seen it around the world in my travels and and the deep desire of more and more people to awaken to who they truly are and to remember who they are, which, as I said earlier, are really <clears throat> right. divine beings of infinite creative potential. Right, and right. so also at the same time, as we know, uh, there's a lot of talk about the, quote, ascension process in spiritual circles, and by ascension we mean uh, simply a, a, a raise, raising of one's consciousness mm. in, into um, a higher vibration, and this is ongoing and infinite. And yes. so a lot of the energies, um, <clears throat> shall we say, coming into planet Earth from the cosmos, the galactic center, the sun is playing a huge role, a lot of celestial right. events, uh, yes. as well as the energy coming up through the crystalline core of Mother Earth. All of this is bombarding us and taking us to higher and new levels of awakening. So we're mm. gra- in this time, Sam, and of mm-hmm. course, because I've been doing so much inner work over the years, um, I, I see it and feel it, and we're greatly assisted by this, what I call a divine dispensation of Mm. these cosmic and earthly energies um, to assist us in moving forward, uh, you know, in in expanding our consciousness. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dana. And, 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 I mean, you're not just a mystic, you're a healer as well. When did you feel the call to to, for doing healing work with people? Uh, Sam, that actually has been in my life for quite a long time. Even when I was a journalist in New York City, I was called to investigate many different healing modalities. And, (laughs) you know, it's funny because even as a young woman, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, um, a physician. (laughs) And I I quickly decided that, you know, biology and chemistry really weren't my favorite subject. (laughs) (laughs) So then I I look back and I smile because in a way (laughs) I've become a a metaphysician interestingly enough so of course healing would be a part of my life and i studied with a lot of um, well-known teachers and particularly in the shamanic healing realm like john perkins sandra ingerman hank wesselman and um, among my most popular sessions are shamanic soul retrievals Mm. and Um. one of my favorite things to do and i can do those at a distance as well and i have um, specialized in 
traveling throughout the timelines into people's past lives and getting to as far back as I'm guided by spirit mm-hmm. to uh, the root cause of of any patterns that may be um, holding people back. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. And, and have you found that the types of issues that people come to you on your on your healing practice have have sort of changed over the years or has it always been like just such a, a, a broad variety that there was no kind of general themes to it i think it's usually a broad variety and they're often you know universal issues that um have long caused human suffering and trauma mm-hmm. and pain for all of us you mm-hmm. know and um I'm trying to think recently if there has been any change. I am feeling a sense of urgency in people, Sam. A Ah. sense of urgency, like Vijay said, to finally, quote, get it right. Well, Mm. whatever right means to you, but she meant to really um, take her spiritual practice to a new level and to just, you know, completely devote oneself to that path of self-mastery, which is um, a journey towards wholeness. You know, it's a fearless journey. It takes a lot of courage yeah. and uh, a lot of discipline yeah. <clears throat> to walk that path, as many, many mystics and healers have walked before us. So I think that would be a common theme of the people coming to me for healing, is, is they really so intent on what healing whatever issue has been with them now and forever. This is mm. it for them. No, and that is so inspiring to me. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, on, honestly, as we continue to raise our vibration and our light quotient, at some point, and who knows when this will be, even you know, now linear time is has is really an illusion anyway. And yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if if we acknowledge, as quantum physics has proven, that past, present, and future coexist simultaneously, well. Um, at some point in our human evolution, when we really have risen above uh, this lack of limitation and, and this duality experiment, an either-or um, dichotomy, then we will have moved fully into wholeness, and mm. we will no longer need healing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually it kind of leads into what my, my next question for you is going to be, which was... You know, what do you kind of see going forward, uh, you know, with the world? Because there's so many people now who are so, you know, concerned because it, it, it there's such a weird dichotomy of like really bizarre, chaotic things happening in the world. And at the same time, there's such a flowering of consciousness. Um, what is the feeling that you've gotten from your guides and, and, and just, you know, from the energies? Mm-hmm. What do you feel where the world is heading over the next, I'm not even going to say like long, like 10, 20 mm-hmm. years, like, you know, 50 years, God knows. But like even just the next 10, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. where do you feel things are going? Well, Sam, that's a great question. And I actually am very optimistic, despite it's so true. It seems that, and I will say the anti-light, the opposite Mm. of the light, uh, if you want to call it the dark side. I mean, we do live in this duality paradigm, so of course Mm. we're going to have both. And that side, the chaos and the pain and the suffering of people all over the world seems to be getting greater and greater. And that, of course, for compassionate, empathic people can be disturbing. However, I say, <clears throat> I constantly remind myself and 
the people in my life that those of us who have chosen to do this inner work and to, in a sense, be way showers for others, that, and I'm sure many of your listeners uh, mm-hmm. uh, fulfill this role in their own lives. You don't have to be doing public work like I am right. in, in any way in your own life. That those of us devoted to the light must continue to uh, focus our attention on the light and the new earth that mm. we want to build. This mm. new earth paradise that is so close right mm. now. And it's about withdrawing our attention, yes, having c- compassion and empathy, of course, but this is an, an inner energetic uh, poise that we need to hold, um, right. withdrawing our attention from anything that limits us in any way. And as we continue to step in to our own divine power and presence, that will ripple out to the entire planet. It will be inserted into the planetary grids. So that the more we master ourselves, when we are in someone else's presence, we are, we become and and we are uh, instruments of healing. Right, Hmm. right. And sacred service. It's by doing our own work we're actually helping to heal the planet. It, it's people don't realize sometimes that, you know, oh, what can I do? I'm just one person. But no, like every one person who does their own individual work is helping the entire world. Exactly, Sam. I think that's the most important um, really gift about being on the planet today and moving Wonderful. through this great shift as yes. so many of the ancient mystics foresaw and contemporary spiritual teachers the great shift in consciousness the maya talked about this you know the the inca a lot of the indigenous the hopi the indigenous Uh people so um it is it is all about um standing in that light and continuing to raise our vibrations so that we can Mm -hmm. be of assistance and send out that vibration in ripples Right. the time-space continuum. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dana. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, if people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you, find your books, where can they go? Yes, Sam. They can go to my website, which is my name, D-A-N-A-M-I-C-U-C-C-I.com, and they'll learn more about my course, Awakening the Mystic Within, my books, and uh, I also have a, a mentorship program for women that I'm very excited about, and so they'll find a lot on there. And they can also email me directly at Dana at DanaMicucci.com or even call me at 575-758-8504. And I'll be happy to answer any questions uh, about what I spoke about today, the Mm -hmm. course, and my other services, including my healing sessions. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dana. It was a pleasure to meet you when you were in New York City last time. I hope you'll look me up next time you come back, because I would love to get together and continue the conversation offline. Thank you, Sam. It was such a a joy to be with you, and and I really appreciate that you asked me to be here. Thank you, Dana. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We have more great guests coming for you next week. Uh, Next week, we have also a couple of premieres on Talking Alternative, so I do hope that you will join us next Monday. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.